Are you ready to go from a struggling solopreneur who's winging it to a savvy CEO with a solid business structure and focused strategic action to grow to consistent 5K months? Then you want to check out the Strategic CEO Group Program. With this program, you'll start thinking like a CEO and creating big picture goals with the action plans to make them a reality. You'll start generating consistent 5K months, create brand messaging that showcases everything you offer and have systems, workflows and automation that allow your business to run smoothly so you're less stressed with more time. You'll be able to do it all without struggling to manage all the things, feeling unorganized with processes that are all over the place and hating content creation and marketing. Check out the Strategic CEO Group Program at buy-sasha.com slash the strategic CEO. One thing that I talk a lot about on this podcast is the balance between self-care and business. And that's because if we don't take care of ourselves, we won't be able to effectively run our businesses. We can't ignore the conversations that happen around being a business owner and how that affects our stress levels and mental health. I've seen firsthand how running a business can put a strain on our mental health and what happens if there's no one to talk to that can help. If you've reached a point where you might be feeling stressed, anxious, depressed, or overwhelmed, then my sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your own convenience. And with a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network, you can find access to help that may not otherwise be available in your area and request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash strategy. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com slash strategy. Welcome to Strategy for Creatives, business minus the bullshit. Whether you're new in business or find yourself in a season of change, get ready to build a strategy, create an action plan, and crush those goals. I'm Sasha, host of Strategy for Creatives, and I help female-led businesses grow their brands in authentic, measurable, and meaningful ways without the stress. There's no sugar coating here. I'm serving up real tips and actionable steps you can take to help get you organized, get off the path to burnout, and grow your brand like a boss. So go ahead, pull up a chair, grab a notepad, and let's talk business. Welcome to Strategy for Creatives Business Minus the Bullshit. I, of course, am your host, Sasha. And today we are going to be talking about how to scale your business and things that you should consider when it comes to trying to scale in business. And so to help me along with that conversation today, I have Jan, who is all the way from the UK. She is joining us today and she has decades of running micro and small businesses behind her. She is very familiar with all the challenges that go into that, having started one from her kitchen table when her children were small and she was a single mother and she went on to build that into a multi-million turnover business. So she definitely has a lot of experience of that. She actually put her entrepreneur experiences together with her passion for writing into a book aimed at helping entrepreneurs to help grow their businesses during the big leap of one 
to 10 million. The book is called Scale for Success and it is out in the UK, US and Australia. And of course, I will include the link of it into the show notes. But Jan, welcome to the show. Thank you so very much. It's I'm so excited you're here. Thank you. I've been looking forward to it. <laughs> um, so let's kind of just jump right into it. Um, you scaled your business from a kitchen table into a multi-million dollar business. So what would you say that some of the key challenges that you faced from scaling were? Well, I think my biggest challenge was probably my ignorance because I made a whole lot of rods to my back, which aren't necessary if you know a little bit more from the start. But I think always there's sort of certain aspects, you're right, that stick out for me. I think the first one is management team. If you're going to scale, you're going to need um, at least two senior people who you probably think have much more experience or knowledge than you. Mm. Our tendency is to uh, choose Two people we're very fond of, possibly family or people in our businesses who've been there forever and don't bring anything else to the table, frankly. You need uh, somebody else, preferably two people, who are going to bring that experience to scaling that you haven't had if it's your first scale. Simple as that. You you, you wouldn't uh, leap in a boat without ever having sailed one and not take any advice first, you know. (laughs) <laughs> so so I think that's the first thing because otherwise you'll end up with such a rod on your back you know everything will fall to you and there's a limit to how many people you can manage to you know yes. it just won't spread out properly and you'll end up trying to manage an enormous team which however brilliant you are and I'm sure all the listeners are fantastically brilliant but it just can't be done No, that's definitely, I think that's one thing that I find a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is that being able to kind of give up pieces of their business without fully realizing that that is how you grow your business. Like you can't be solely responsible for everything in your business and expect it to grow because you are only one person and you don't have all of that time or that expertise to do all of those things. Absolutely. I, I remember one of the people who I interviewed for their brilliance for scale, um, for success, for the, the book you mentioned. It seems such a long time ago. So I'm sort of <laughs> hesitating because I've got a new one coming out shortly. But um, but he was an amazing entrepreneur in Australia. and And he sort of sums it up by saying, you know, you've got to decide if you want total ownership of a small pie or you want a huge chunk of an absolutely gigantic pie wow and i think unless you you get your head around that and that probably applies to equity too because if you're going to really bring in class people the only way to attract money on unless you have to have huge investment is is really to excite them with the vision and give them a slice of the pie, the, the pie that, you know, is going to excite them. They'll Because they've got experience, they've probably got the money to take very little, et cetera, et cetera, and see the opportunity. So, so you know, it's very much applies to equity too. And you're certainly not going to get huge investment without giving away some equity either. So dividing up the pie all the way along the line. And as you say, we're very reluctant to do it for lots of reasons. I do want to ask you, how did you manage to do all this as a single mother? (laughs) 
stupidly. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I am, I'm not a single mother. I, I, my husband just went upstairs and we have a five-year-old and it's hard enough trying to grow a business and scale a business when you have help doing it. So how did you manage to do that as just you? It's very hard. I mean, I started... I think I did it probably much more gradually than most people did, in that I started as when the children were about five and eight, I guess, maybe a little bit younger. Uh, yeah, probably a little bit younger, but anyway, give or take. And at that point, it was very much a selling operation. So I was able to work at home and do the selling and buy, buying in and the admin and everything while they were around. And that grew gradually, but I had a couple of people who for a small business were very good, I mean, a micro business, and were involved up to the hilt, and I could totally trust them and everything else. So they sort of ran the warehouse side, and, you know, we grew from there. But it but it came a time that, you know, I, I got an opportunity to buy out another small business, and the children by that time were teenagers, and so mostly you were wanted on car duty at time of night rather than <laughs> anything else very much so you know the timing was quite good but that's, it was a gradual a gradual growth I think that's important to remember too for a lot of our listeners that is if you are doing it by yourself or if you're in a stage of like early motherhood when you have young kids that growth might be a little slower than maybe what you want or what you're anticipating just because like life, life absolutely <laughs> And and don't beat yourself up about it because you know it's it's good to enjoy the early years of motherhood and yeah. you know you're not Superman you can't be compared to you know let's face it a bloke who's got no kids you know and is able to or, or a woman who's got no kids and can devote all their time to that business you know yeah. so slow growth is fine and slow growth has another advantage. Sorry, I'm leaping on to another point I'd love to make, but yeah. share, boys, share with your listeners. And that's putting in the foundations right. You know, if you're going slowly, you can give thought to, to things like systems and yes. structure and all those things that make such a difference if you're going to scale later on. If you're absolutely whisking by, a lot of those go out the window and then you end up with a bit of chaos. That you are speaking exactly to what I help my clients with. And it is that structure and those systems and things behind your business. And you don't realize it until you get a lot of times, many of my clients are either burnt out or they're starting to grow. And that's when they realize I don't have anything in place <laughs> to kind of help with that and to make things a little bit easier. So I like that when you point out when you are trying to slow grow your business, it does give you that time to better build that foundation and put those things and systems in place. So that way it's easier for you to grow. When you start to grow, it's not as hectic as it can be. <laughs> Absolutely. We try and look at it as a plus, you know, that you're going to build a stronger business as a result of taking it slowly. So I do want to actually mention that one of the things um, to scaling a business is finding people who can kind of help you grow in your business. How do you how would you suggest you go about like finding those kinds of people? It's an interesting point. I think you're going to have to decide the chances are you're going to find somebody attracted to joining you through LinkedIn or something like that, you'll be surprised or, or, or networking, you know, somebody who knows somebody. 
in some form or another because there are people out there who've had highly powerful jobs and, you know, have got enough money and are interested in, in getting done and dirty and doing everything again themselves, you know. I think that's interesting because, I, I mean, I've had these conversations with some of my friends who, especially I work with a lot of creative women and yeah. they they want to focus, you know, solely on the 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 fun part of their business, right? The the doing what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the designing and whatever that creative piece is. And a lot of them don't like to do like the business side of business. And I think that's one of the ways to kind of look and try to find people who can help you if you're looking to scale. Like what is it that you don't like to do in your business or you don't know how to do that well in Absolutely. your business? And, and finding people who complement like your personality, but also your skill set and, and to kind of help you in those areas. Definitely. That's very good advice. Though I, the only sort of slight warning I'd say about that for creatives, and I was doing something which was bespoke for people, is when you have something creative, an individual that you're making or writing or whatever, you know, it's if it all rests on you, how are you going to scale? There is a problem yes. there. You're going to have to recognize that despite the fact you might love writing one of these fine days, you're going to have to have another writer in your business. It cannot be all you, even if you love it that much. So I, I think it's far harder to give away the things you love than it is for things you don't love. Yeah, and I, again, I've had people who they it, it is exactly that like how do we have someone who can come if they're a designer like how do i bring on other designers how will they know how to like you know design the way that i do to approach a project the way that i do that are you know they're going to give the same results and things like i do and it's it's really in order to scale it's really about kind of letting some of that go yeah right so <laughs> <laughs> in in order to to build that up, right? Mm. So I appreciate that. Um, you have to have faith in in your people and let them do it, and let them because in in the end, it is your people that will make the business, not you, actually. Yes, that is that is very true. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit more about your book, the the Scale for Success book, and kind of you know how you got into writing that, and then just kind of maybe one or two takeaways or, you know, some sure. things that no, we can absolutely. think about. <laughs> absolutely. I think uh, how I got into writing it, firstly, I was writing almost as a stress reliever. I mean, I guess I'd always been a fairly creative person, despite where I ended up, but, you know, motherhood and necessity does funny things and points you in odd directions. But I had been writing, as, as I say, as a stress reliever for many years for a, a digital publication called Real Business, which was uh, it still still exists over here. Don't know if I have it in the States, but I would imagine so. And uh, I've been writing articles for them, which I loved. And so when I finally decided enough was enough with the business, which I did, I was absolutely burnt out. Had <laughs> had enough at that point after goodness knows how many years. I thought, you know, what do I do now? And mm -hmm. Only about two or three weeks in, I thought, actually, you know, I'm right. That was the time to call a day on owning businesses. But I really miss writing and I miss <laughs> entrepreneurs. Um, you know, that's my world, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, it's fairly clear what I ought to be doing. So, so I went back to writing articles and then I thought, well, 
always dreamt about writing a book, haven't we? So many of us have. Uh, and scratched my head for about six months thinking, I have no talent for fiction, I don't think whatsoever, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but I do still know a lot about business. And I've learned so much going through that, all the things that I did wrong, which are many, and some that I did right even after some learning. And I could write about this particular problem, which it is tricky, you know, as you very kindly said in the intro, to leap from one to 10 million is, is a whole different board game from a startup. And it's, you know, people don't talk about it as much about no, problems I, of startup. I think they, they start more like to make your first million. Mm, like there's lots of like make your first million, but it, it I think it's a very different mindset going Definitely. after that. Yeah, I, absolutely. I agree. And so I thought, well, you know, I'll give it a try. And I didn't do much about it. And when it was nearly finished, I mean, I, I just sent in a submission to Bloomsbury Publishing and they took me on, which... It was sort of a bit dreamy, really, you know, but there we are. But, yeah, I didn't, I'd invited um, various people I knew to make contributions. I think I was still a bit nervous of, uh, you know, using my own voice and, you know, could I really do this, such a morph of a career? And uh, various people helped with, with advice and hence the Australian entrepreneur I was talking about earlier with his slice of pie. And it made a really interesting book. I loved doing it. Um, but it came out just at the start of the pandemic, mm. which was unfortunate timing because, of course, Bloomsbury particularly, mostly bookstore sales and all the bookstores were shut. So so it's been a bit of a slow burn book. And, of course, the pandemic changed so much, didn't it? Yeah. So while it's got huge amounts of very valuable information, it's also missing some things which are more relevant now. So I thought I will write a second one, um, you know, that's slightly more current. Um, to go with it called Start for Success, which, uh, as I say, should be out in January. Oh, that's hit, awesome. hit a Monday morning glitch with it this morning. We won't go there. But it still <laughs> should be out in January, I hope. <laughs> January or very early February for worst. That's awesome. I will definitely let our listeners know when that does come Lovely. out. It'll um, go live for pre-order for, you know, a long time before then. So they yeah. can have a look on Amazon and keep up to date on my website too if they want to scribble up. <laughs> so just uh I, I know we're talking about scaling but because you you are an author and i i do have some listeners who um you know they want to take their business or when they're trying to grow their businesses they they want to go into the more writing and like speaking type of world um because that is another way that we can scale our businesses it's not a lot of times especially if it's just us and our businesses but it we have to find ways outside of it to kind of still bring in income and revenue while we let other people handle it, handle the running of sure. our business. So what would, what kind of advice would you give if you are in well, the business? Well, that's lovely. I'm not going to usually into. ask that. I'd love to hold calls <laughs> on that briefly. I think there's, a, you know, it's, it's become a slightly overcrowded market and a bit of a mm. misconception that you can make money from writing. It seems to be, unless you're, um, you know, somebody incredibly famous. Um, I can't think of, of who, who writes the um, thrillers, Ian Rankin, or you know, sort of one. Anyway, uh, somebody, somebody very famous. Uh, but business books are a real hard sell. You know, there are so many of them, and everybody's been told you must have a business book, and then that'll be your business card. 
well, you know, it's going to cost you several thousand, and that's UK. Well, I suppose we're about equivalent now. Won't go there. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, either way, it's still going to cost you several thousand, either in, you know, if you can get a book contract in, you know, them doing it and, and you know, the chunk they take, or indeed in your own investment if you decide to do it yourself. Now, that's a very expensive business card. So you've got to treat it like a business. You've got to look, do the planning yeah. first, look yeah. how you're going to publish it, look how much that's going to cost you, is it going to be worth it? And look at all the other ways you can make money off it if that's what you want to do. You know, there are the conferences and the everything else, and it helps to have a book. I don't think it's as guaranteed as it used to be because it's so crowded. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it still it still helps. But you've got to make the money off it in more in associated ways than the book itself. Yeah, that's that's very good advice. So I appreciate that because I think some people think they can go on a book writing cheaply, um, yeah. but there's no. a lot that goes into it. Um, so just one final question to kind of wrap it up. I appreciate all of the advice that you've given our listeners today. Um, but I, I think this is a, in, from your experience in, in having grown businesses and now into writing books and especially having grown big businesses and doing it as a single mom, would you recommend entrepreneurship? to other people yes unreservedly it's one of the reasons i still write i mean of <laughs> course it's not not for everyone and there's a huge difference between entrepreneurship growth businesses and being self-employed but if you're yes. putting both under the same category i would say yeah absolutely and i think more and more so in the changing world you know it's one way to even if it's a side hustle to protect your income I yes. think high growth businesses have become, rather like writing business books, a little bit over popular yeah. and over fashionable and people have misconceptions about them. Great if you can do one. Fantastic. Love it. But it's again, it's not for everybody. And, you know, I know I get a lot of inquiries of, oh, will you help me be an entrepreneur? <laughs> what, what business idea should I have? You know, yeah. Um, I think you need to have developed a little bit more. Yeah, oh, I've never of, worked in that. I've never had a job. Else. You know, and you think, come on! <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it has become that silly fashionable. <laughs> where yes, and I, I'm, I, I think everyone's not meant to to run a business. No. So <laughs> it takes a certain kind of person to decide they want to. <laughs> Run a business. Absolutely. I mean, most people start for for freedom, for work balance. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think for, for you know, which you can do if you don't have any if too many people working for you, or you can do if you plan a business that you're going to get out of on a short period of time. Uh, you know, or more so if you're self-employed. But the the story of getting wildly rich happens to only a few, I'm afraid. Yes, yes. Thank you. I think because a lot of people think it's going to happen to them, and it's it's hard work, and it's not as not as realistic for most of us as no. as people like to make it seem. <laughs> Definitely, and I'm, unfortunately, investments drying up world fast now. Yeah, uh, so yeah. economic times are changing. <laughs> well i want to thank you so much jan for being on the show again her book is called scale for success i will link to it in the show notes but thank you so much for being on the show today my pleasure thank you so so much thank you are you ready to up level your business join the five-day be your own ceo challenge 
All the details are available on the website at www.buy-sasha.com. If you like what you heard, make sure you rate and review. It really helps other people find the show. And of course, follow and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. Want to follow me on social? I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Strategy by Sasha. Make sure you tune in next Tuesday for more business tips. Part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network.